0: this is David Dearman. I'm the pastor at Memphis Tabernacle, and this is our podcast. I wanted to thank you for joining us today. I hope that this message inspires you and builds your faith. I hope that it gives you fresh insight and strength to see God move in your life. Enjoy the message. Would you just, while you're standing, just for a minute, would you open up to the book of Ephesians chapter 6, Ephesians chapter 6 and verse 10. I'm going to read a few verses here and then I'll have you seated. I just want us to stand at this. I believe this message today <laughs> is going to, I mean, it's going to be something that sticks with you for a long time. And I believe it's going to help you uh, overcome some big things that the enemy's been hitting you up with in your life. I'm excited about what we're about to talk about. Ephesians chapter 6 verse 10, let's open our hearts to the Word of God. This isn't just some history book, this is alive today. Let's open our hearts and receive this today. Let's say it together in faith. Say it out loud and loudly and let's fill this house with the voice of God's Word today. Let's say it, Ephesians chapter 6 verse 10, it says, Finally, my brethren, be strong in the Lord and in the power of His might. Put on the whole armor of God that you may be able to stand against the wiles of the devil. and having shod your feet with the preparation of the gospel of peace above all taking the shield of faith which with you will be able to quench all the fiery darts of the wicked one and take the helmet of salvation and the sword of the spirit which is the word of God praying always with all prayer and supplication in the spirit being watchful to this end with all perseverance and supplication for all the saints, I want us to read one more. It's a lot shorter, I promise. Isaiah chapter 54, verse 17. Why don't you just look at it on the screen, and let's read this together. Ready? Read. No weapon. I'll say that one more time, everybody. No weapon formed against you shall prosper, and every tongue which rises against you in judgment, you shall condemn. This is the heritage of the servants of the Lord, and their righteousness is from Me says the lord lord we open our hearts to your word today and we pray that any trick any trap any scheme of the devil would be exposed today in jesus name and we pray lord that we would walk out of here spiritually stronger more enlightened and more overcomers in the spirit because of what we learned from your word in jesus name and we all said amen you can be seated right where you are today you know that every one of us are fighting a spiritual fight. I said every one of us are fighting spiritually. Some people are in denial about that. They just say, oh, I'm not a, I'm not a fighter. I'm, I'll just stay over here in my corner and I'll just, you know, I, I'm a lover. I'm not a fighter. No, you're in a fight. <laughs> you're in a spiritual fight. We're all fighting spiritually. How many of you know that you're fighting a spiritual battle? We all have spiritual enemies. I know that sometimes we think that our enemy is your boss or your neighbor or your relative or your or just a family member no we're all fighting spiritual enemies these are enemies that you can't see now we're all when I say spiritual battles 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 there's a war that people are in you know like you have world war one world war two but there are battles within the war we're all in a war but within the war, you're, you're fighting battles. There are battles to be fought and battles to be won within each war that we're in. You may be in an all-out war, but within that war, there are battles that you are facing. You know, we know historical battles. There's Battle of Gettysburg. Battle of Get- Gettysburg was 1863. The Union against the Confederacy. You know, there's some people, after I moved to the South, I realized there's some people who f- still think the war's not over. <laughs> war's over okay uh 1863 46,000 lives were lost so you got to take battle seriously sometimes we just think oh i'm just fighting the enemy it'll eventually go away no the enemy doesn't come except to steal kill and destroy he's not coming to party he's not coming to de- just detour you he's call- he's coming to take you out He's not just coming to take money out of your bank account or he's not just coming to give you a cold and and make you have a bad day. He's coming to steal, kill, and destroy. Remember the battle of Leipzig in 1813, France against Austria, uh, Prussia, and Russia. 84,000 lives were lost. See, we always say in each battle, there's lives that are lost. There's lives that are lost. The battle of Kene in 1813, 216 BC Carthage against Rome 60,000 lives were lost the battle of uh Stalingrad in 1942 to 1943 Nazi Germany versus the Soviet Union nearly 2 million lives were lost let me remind you battles we're not wrestling against flesh and blood just so the enemy can cause you to have a bad day bad hair day Bad day with your boss. Bad day, oh, I'm just not feeling good. It's the devil. No, that's not what the devil's come for, just to give you a bad day. He's trying to take you out. He's trying to take someone in your family out. He's trying to take someone in your life out. We all face battles. We may look at those historical battles and they may not mean much to us because they're a part of history. But many of you today are facing battles, battles of fear, fear of dying, fear of that diagnosis or disease. Fear of that pain, and you don't want to go get it checked out because you're not sure what it really is. You know what happened to your mom or your dad or your aunt when they went through that. Fear of your children not turning out right. They're going another way, and you're wondering, how how is it going to work out for them? And you're thinking about the end result. Are they ever going to turn around? Fear of regret. You know, people having regret regret. I I wish I'd have done things differently. I wish I would have started earlier. Maybe it's fear of it being too late. Maybe I didn't start soon enough. Or I made decisions and I knew that I should have made decisions earlier and I didn't. And now maybe I missed out on the calling. I only get one life to live. And when you hear that to some people it motivates. And to other people maybe you have a fear, a, a, a thought of maybe I just messed up my life. It's too late in life. Fear of regret. I didn't do enough. I waited too long. Maybe you have fear of a spouse. A, 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 of a spouse. Maybe you don't have a spouse and you're afraid that you're not going to get married. Nobody's going to be attracted to you. Nobody's going to like you. Or you're going to get married and they're going to find you out. <laughs> you can put on, you know, your good show and stuff and then when you get married, they'll realize who the real you is and not want to stay with you because divorce runs in your family. Or maybe you're, you've been married and you're afraid that there's an affair going on. And you don't want to ask the questions. See, these are all battles that people face. Your job, job security, your boss. Why did my boss say that that way? You know, are are they going to let me go? It's not really a good time. Where would I go? What would I do? Protection. You know, you hear about all this crime and homicides and things that go on. Are they going to break into my house? Someone going to take me out? Am I going to get into a car accident? And so you you get in fear, and you even you don't you don't even drive with confidence. You don't even want to get out. You don't, and you try to protect yourself. And you realize these see these are all battles. The economy, you know, you hear about things on the news. And so, you know, you get there and you you blame it on the latest president. Well, it's it's Biden or, oh, it's Trump or it's, oh, it's uh, the Congress or, oh, it's this or this is what's happening. And and we get into these things of fear because we're really concerned about how things are going to turn out. Can I tell you, God's kingdom isn't afraid. In fact, many times, God's kingdom... it even triumphs more and shines brighter in the midst of what would seem like defeat. This scripture right up here, Isaiah 60 says, darkness will cover the earth and deep darkness the people, but the Lord will arise on you. In other words, the Lord's not, it's not that he's not aware that darkness is not covering the earth or, or the people. He's saying, but I want you to know that just like the children of Israel, that there was darkness that faced the Egyptians, but in the, in the land of Goshen, there was light. There was plagues that were going on with the Egyptians, but with the people of God, there was blessing that was going on. Why? Because God covered his people. If we really believe who we are as the people of God, we won't, will we'll face battles from a different perspective. You know, one word, I heard someone say recently, one word will change things quite a bit in a sense. Like for instance, if someone comes and says, hey uh, Mark, hey, bro, come with me, and, you know, come with me. Or if I say, come at me, <laughs> well, that's two different things, right? Come at me or come with me, two different things, right? Another example would be like, hey, um, uh, um, there, there's some food that's on the table, let's eat, right? Or if there's some food under the table, let's eat, right? <laughs> well, those are kind of two different things, right? But listen, we battle for victory or we battle from victory there's a difference battling for victory is we're fighting to get the victory no we're battling from a place of victory that's why the first couple of weeks first three weeks we talked about authority our position who we are in christ when we battle we don't battle from underneath i know where the feet but the feet are still above the enemy in fact, the feet are still above all the powers of the enemy. We're above the enemy in Christ Jesus. So when we fight, we fight from a position of victory. From a position of, uh, the, it's the good fight of faith. It's not the good fight of, I, I hope something good happens. It's the good fight of faith. Jesus, when, you know, when they came and said the enemy, you know, even the demons were subject in my my name. And Jesus is looking at him and he said, I saw Satan fall like lightning. What, like, what's the, what's the problem with the enemy? See, the enemy only has place if we give him place. And so when we're talking about the fight club, we're not just talking about getting in there and getting emotional and fighting and cussing out the devil. No, we're talking about fighting from a position of victory in Christ Jesus. God doesn't only want us to win the war. He wants us to win the battle. And let me tell you, God doesn't only want you to win the war. He wants you to win every battle. Let me say it again because I I think that was a better statement than than I got the amen out of it. Uh, God doesn't only want you to win the war. He wants you to win every battle. Every battle. Ephesians 6 11, remember it says stand it says put on the whole armor of God that you may be able to stand against the wiles of the devil all the wiles of the devil all the tricks of the devil he didn't say some of the tricks all of them remember Isaiah 54 we just read it says no weapon formed say no weapon no weapon formed against you will prosper every tongue say every tongue which rises against you you'll condemn in other words he doesn't want any of the battles or the targets or the, uh, the things of the enemy, the, the, the plans of the enemy to defeat you or take you out. I know that sometimes we will allow just a little bit of the enemy and say, well, that's low-hanging fruit. That's no big deal. I just don't want the big things for him to take. No, listen, I don't want Satan to take anything away. How about you? I don't want the enemy to take anything away that God's given me. When God's given it to you, you you have to stand your ground. You don't want the enemy to take anything away from you. That you may be able to stand against all the wiles of the devil. No weapon form, every tongue. In fact, he says in there, we just read it, put up the shield of faith that you may be able to quench all, say all the fiery darts. Yeah, that's the way the Lord is. He doesn't want any fiery dart to hit you. But sometimes we allow the enemy to take little areas of our life and think that's okay. Listen, don't let him win in any area. Just don't give him any place. Amen. It only takes one attack to take you out. I said it only takes one attack to take you out. That's why 1 Peter 5 verse 8, it says, be sober, be vigilant because Your adversary, notice whose adversary he is. Your adversary, the devil, walks about like a roaring lion. Do you know he's not a roaring lion? Jesus is the lion of the tribe of Judah. But he's walking about like a roaring lion. And notice what he's doing. He's not taking people out. He's seeking whom he, what is he doing? He's seeking whom he may devour. Well, how does he know who he may devour or not? Those who are given in place. That's why Ephesians says, give no place to the devil. See, when you give him place, like when you leave your door open, right? It's like, you know, uh, uh, the, uh, the, the trick-or-treating, you know, they go around on, on, uh, on, on Halloween night and they say, well, if they have the porch lights on, you know, that means that you can go knock on that door or, you know. Do you know that that's what we do with the enemy, though? We leave our porch light on like we, we have something for him. But I'll tell you what we need to do to the devil is leave our porch lights off. No, we give no place to the devil. Come on, just say it. I give no place to the devil. Say it again. I give no place to the devil. Now, let me tell you, because we're led by the Spirit of God and we listen to the Spirit of God, if there's something, when you say that, if something comes up in you that you're giving place to the devil, that's what you need to take care of. That right there is your enemy. If you go, oh, but I'm giving in place, I'm watching this. I'm looking this, I'm feeding on this. Um, I've been tapping into this and I know the Lord didn't want me to. I know the Lord was told me to stay away from that and I haven't and I'm giving in place. That right there, say it again. I give no place to the devil. Would you just put, would you just put your hands over your, your head and say, I give no thoughts to the devil. Put your hands on your ears and say, I give no attention to what he says. Put your hands over your eyes and say, I, I, I look at nothing that, he te- that he's trying to show me. Put your mouth, hands over your mouth or on your lips and just say, I say nothing that he tells me to say. Yeah, I give no place to the devil. I give no place to the devil. And again, if something comes up, that's what you need to take care of. And for 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 many, maybe for dozens of you in here, there may be something that right, right away pops up. That right there is your word for the day. Take that and take care of it. And lock up that door and seal up that window and quit complaining about the devil's, the devil's taking advantage of me. Well, close the door. The devil's coming in. Well, close the window. Lock it up. He's seeking whom he may. Now, weapons. Weapons. We're talking about spiritual weapons. Weapons are tools. Each tool, if you know anything about tools, whether it be tools in the kitchen or whether it be tools in the the shop or uh, for the car or for the the house, each tool has a specific purpose. You don't use one tool. You don't use in the kitchen. You don't use a spatula to stir up the eggs, right? You use something else to whip up the eggs, a fork or, you know, that that whipper, (laughs) whatever it is, a whisk or or something else, (laughs) okay? to whip up the eggs and then you use the spatula like to turn things over, you know, to flip things over. But there's a tool for every single thing. In, in, in mechanics or in, you know, working with things, you don't cut something with a screwdriver. No, you you turn it, you fasten it, right? There's tools, every tool has a specific thing. The same thing with weapons. When he says, put on the whole armor of God, I want you to notice this, each tool has a specific purpose and probably every person in here is strong at one or two of these tools one or two of these weapons you you probably say that's right righteousness that's right salvation i just know i'm strong in that yeah but but it, but he didn't say be strong in one of the weapons that you may be able to stand against all of the traps he said be strong put on the whole armor of god say whole armor Put on the whole armor that you may be able to stand against all the wiles of the devil. In other words, notice he'll come against the part that you don't have on. If someone, if some joker walks out and he, you know, he's playing, fo- you know, he's, he, he's, he's fighting and he has weapons on from the shoulder all the way down to his feet, but he didn't have his helmet on, what will the person do? He'll take out his head. But if the person has just his helmet on, Right and has his cleats on or his feet on and he comes out, well, he'll take out the mid part, right? That you may be, You gotta put on the whole armor of God because the enemy will hit you up in the area you're not strong in. So put on the whole armor of God that you may be able to stand against the whole attacks of the enemy because chances are he's hitting you in areas where you're most vulnerable. He's hitting you in areas of the head, of the heart, of the waist, of the feet, of the things you should be shielded against. And you may be strong and you go, I don't understand why he's winning because you're strong in one area, but there's other areas that you're vulnerable in. He's smart and he's gonna hit you where there's gaps. So say, put on the whole armor. Each weapon has a specific purpose. He has not shortchanged you. The Lord hasn't shortchanged us with our weapons. And the Lord's not manufacturing new weapons. In other words, it's not the newest book that you need. Oh, I need a new seminar. I need a new book. I need a new devotional. That's what I need. You know, my Bible, I'm not reading my Bible because I need a new Bible. then you look in your bookshelf and you've got so many different new Bibles and different versions. I don't understand that version, so I need another I need another 30-day devotional because I didn't get through that devotional. Oh, there's a new women's devotional. I need a new men's devotional. I need a youth devotional. Baloney you need to put on the whole armor of God. You're not not winning because you didn't get the latest devotional. We're not winning because there's six pieces of armor here that are sort of function. They cover sort of what we would call our vital organs, right? We all have vital organs. In other words, they're organs you cannot live without. Nobody in here can live without their heart. Nobody in here can live without their brain. No jokes, okay. I know someone. I know someone who's living without their brain. Right no, no, no. J- Nobody can live without right. There's certain their kidney, their 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 liver. There's certain vital organs that you need in your life. But there's certain vi- things that the armor of God protects in you spiritually. That the enemy will try to hit those vital spiritual organs, so to speak, to take you out. Get to know your weapons. Would you just say that with me? Get to know your weapons. Get to know your weapons, not just one of them. You may be strong in one. You're probably strong in one, but get to know your weapons. Now, I'm gonna look at verse 11. Put on the whole armor of God that you may be able to stand against the wiles of the devil. Notice the whole armor of God, and I want you to notice whose armor it is. It's not your armor. The Lord never told you to be strong in yourself. He told you to be strong in him. And he never told you to put on your own armor. He told you to put on his armor. He said that you may be able to stand against the wiles of the devil. I want you to notice the word stand against. Can you say the word stand? Stand Stand against. In in fact, if if you look back here on this first verse, he says in verse 11, put on the whole armor of God that you may be able to stand. Verse 13, it says, uh, take up the armor of God that you may withstand having done all to stand. And then he says, stand therefore. Let me just tell you, if you're going to, defeat the enemy you're going to have to learn how to stand sometimes you go I don't know what else to do then here's what to do having done all to stand Stand. say it having done all to stand, stand stand so you say I don't know what else to do here's what you do stand stand on what the word of God that's a word for somebody in here today You're in a situation in your life, you don't know what to do and let me just tell you, here's your word for today. Stand. Stand on the promises of God. Stand on the word of God. Stand on the word of God. But the enemy's coming against. Stand. Stand. Don't buckle. Don't back down. Stand. 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 Stand Stand against the wiles of the devil. Stand. You have to know how to take a stand. The wiles of the devil. The wiles are his main. His main weapon is his tricks. Didn't say against the power of the devil. He's been disempowered. He's been disarmed. The Lord's take away his. The Lord has taken away his arm, his his guns and his forces. Well, what is he fighting with me against? Tricks, schemes smokes and mirrors smoke and mirrors trying to get you to believe that he's in charge but let me tell you charles is not in charge satan's not in charge (laughs) you're in charge i thought god was in charge no you're in charge if god was in charge every person would be be saved on the earth god would just say be saved no god gave dominion over to man and god gave man a free will choice and he put them in charge over their own life. Now, we give God authority in our lives. We say, God, your kingdom come and your will be done. But that's our choice to be able to do that. The enemy is not in charge of your life. In fact, somebody just needs to say it. The enemy is not in charge of my life. Again, 2 Corinthians chapter 2, verse 11 says, Lest Satan should take advantage of us, for we are not... Look at, I want you to read this with me. Lest Satan should take advantage of us for we are not ignorant of his devices. Ignorant doesn't mean stupid. Ignorant just means you're unaware. You're unaware of his devices. Let me tell you, his main device, in fact, his only device is deception. It's deception. He says, for we do not wrestle against flesh and blood, but against, and he goes on, verse 13. Therefore, take up the whole armor of God that you may be able to stand. He says, stand four times there. There. To beat the devil, you're going to have to learn to stand. So he says the whole armor of God. There's six elements he gives, and they cover the vital organs. Number one is this. Write this down. Number one is this. Truth. Say truth. Truth. Having girded your waist with truth. I want you to notice where he starts. He starts with the middle of a person. He gives the, this Roman soldier... This Roman soldier, it's a suit of an armor that they would know from the top of their head to the bottom of their feet how their armor would go. But I want you to notice where he starts. He doesn't start at the top and go to the bottom. He starts with the middle. Why? Because the middle, this belt is where the other rest of the armor clips onto. It's where the breastplate clips onto. It's where the bottoms clip onto. They clip onto truth. And he starts right in the middle of you. Why? Because in the middle of you, the number one thing, the very first thing that the enemy is going to hit you up with is truth. He's going to get you to compromise the word of God. He's going to get you to compromise what God said. The number one tool of the enemy is going to get you to compromise what God said. That's why the Bible says in the book of James chapter 3, the wisdom that comes from above is first pure. What does that mean? It means it's not contaminated with other things and thoughts and commentaries. And this is what I think. And this is what Uncle, you know, uh, John said. And this is what Aunt, you know, um, Willa said. And this is what, you know, and you're going on and saying all these other, and this is what happened to this, and this is what happened to this. No, what did the word of God say? You have to put on the belt of truth having girded your waist with truth truth starts in the middle truth has to be in the middle of you truth has to be in the middle of who you are of what you believe the first weapon mentioned to fight the enemy is truth can i tell you if you're a person who exaggerates stop doing it today in the name of jesus stop doing it today well i just do it to i'm a salesman I'm saying you can, I know you're just trying to sell, but you can become someone who lies. Make sure you have truth. Don't exaggerate. Be exact. Why? Because if the enemy's gonna get in, you know what? He's not coming in just to get that little area, he's coming in to get every area and eventually kill you. Allow no falsehoods. Allow truth. Make sure truth is a part of who you are. It's the very first weapon that you're supposed to have. Don't allow lies to come out of your mouth. Exaggeration or lies. Ephesians 4.27 says, nor give place to the devil. Don't give any place to exaggerating. Compromising. Call black black and call white white. If something's wrong, say, well, that's, that's wrong. I'm not going to do that. Why? Because if you allow compromise to come in, eventually it will move you. It'll move the center part of you and it'll change everything. Well, we're not really, um, we're not really committing adultery. We're not really, we're just, we love one another. I know we're just sleeping together. We just love one another. We're going to get married. No, it's called Fornication. right? Adultery, adultery in the heart, right? Stealing, compromising, fudging numbers, fudging things in our lives to try to get the advantage. Let me tell you, God is not going to work with falsehood. And he's not, he's not going to say, well, just fudge that a little bit. And then I'm going to work through that situation. God, no, You think God's going to work through that? God's not going to work through compromise. <laughs> I better move on. I better just move right on from there, okay? Better just move on. When you're living a life that's based on the word of God, I want you to notice that you, uh, you, you have truth on the inside. Also, I want you to know the, the midsection is the part of you that procreates and eliminates. It's the part of you that procreates and eliminates. When you hold on to truth in your life, you will reproduce truth. And you will eliminate falsehoods. You will eliminate lies. When you're living a life based on the word of God, you reproduce truth and eliminate error. The opposite, when you allow compromise and not tr- not untruth to come into your life, what happens? The opposite's true. You'll begin to reproduce lies and eliminate truth also that you feel better. And what happens? Satan's got you. Hey, if that's happened to you, the point's not to feel bad about it. The point's to repent. Just to stop and say, I repent right now in Jesus' name. Lord, I ask you to forgive me for that. That's a, that what I said, that's a lie. I've had, you know, I've had to call people up. I've been in a conversation a number of times in my life. I've had to call someone up and I said, you know what I told you? That wasn't exactly true. I said, it's about this, but I kind of, you know, I was rounding up. I'd rather not round up. And they said, oh, no, it was no big deal. I kind of knew what you meant. Yeah, I know it wasn't a big deal, and I wasn't trying to lead you down some path, but it was a big deal to me. Why? Because if I tell you that it's 897, but I said 900, it wasn't 900. It was 897. Because it was a big deal to me. We want to reproduce truth. Number two is this righteousness, righteousness. Notice he said, having put on the breastplate of righteousness. Where's the breastplate? It's right, right over your chest, right? The breastplate of righteousness. The devil is always going to try to rob you of your joy in Jesus and your faith by giving condemnation, putting condemnation in your life. Telling you, oh, no, you're, you're no good. Maybe even in the last thing that I just said about truth. And you're like, see that? You no good, dirty jerk sinner <laughs> no listen Satan is always trying to accuse you and beat you up and get you to believe that you're not righteous in the Lord but your righteousness doesn't come from you doing good or doing bad your righteousness comes from the Lord the devil's always going to try to rob your joy you're no good you don't meet up you're going to fail you may not even be going to heaven God's mad at you the book of revelation chapter 12 verse 11 says the accuser of the brethren accused them night and day do you know one way you can tell it's the devil is because he's beating you up and telling you how bad you are and accusing you he's the accuser of the brethren the bible says but let me tell you the blood of jesus is the most powerful agent that washes away every single trace of sin the blood of Jesus will wash away all sin if you'll just open up to God and repent and allow it to be eliminated from your life. The blood of Jesus will wash away and you're the righteousness of God. It says in 2 Corinthians chapter 5, verse 21, for he made him who knew no sin If you know it, say it with me. For he made him who knew no sin to be sin for me, that we may become the righteousness of God in him. In other words, he took your sin on the cross and you took his righteousness so that we forever would be declared righteous. Not because of what we've done right or what we've done wrong, but because the blood of Jesus has forgiven you from all sin. Come on, somebody just say, I'm the righteousness of God in Christ. I was at, uh, talking about fight club, I was at a wrestling tournament. My kids wrestled and one of my sons was in a wrestling tournament yesterday. I was at a wrestling tournament most of the day yesterday. And I watched and I'm looking at guys who I know are state champions. And I'm looking at people who I can just tell that they this is their first time ever wrestling. And can I tell you, it's not the ones that are like, ooh, ooh, and they're all emotional. I'm going to come in here. I'm going to take you out. I'm going to come. You know, usually you'll see those guys walk out and and in about 10 seconds they're on their back and they go, and they're like. It's not how emotional you get against the devil. Because I see the same thing spiritually. Someone comes in, I'm going to take out the devil. I'm going to do this. I'm going to, and they get all emotional about it and get all this and It's not how emotional you get. There's something called truth. There's something called righteousness. Righteousness is right standing with God. Your position with who you know. When you have positional authority and when you fight from a place of victory, you don't have to get all up in arms about things. You walk out with knowing who you are. I'll tell you, the people who won in this wrestling tournament, as I've seen many of them, are the other people who walked out and they, they, number one, were prepared. They've done the work. And number two, they were focused. That's the same thing. When you want to beat the enemy, you have to be prepared and you have to be focused. It's people who know, you have to know who you are and you have to know who you're fighting. Listen, if you don't remember anything, you have to know who you are and you have to know who you're fighting. Every day of your life, you have to wake up and know who you are, and you have to know who you're fighting. And when you walk around and know who you are and who you're fighting, the enemy has no place in your life. Listen, I'm talking to a fight club today. I'm talking to warriors today. I'm talking to people who are not going to give any place to the enemy in this house today. Somebody say amen. amen. Number three is, he says, and having shod your feet with the preparation of the gospel of peace. What is that? Well, it's purpose that you have purpose, that you have the gospel of peace, that your feet, where your feet walk is your feet carry the gospel. Your feet carry the good news of Jesus Christ. You are the light of the world. You are the salt of the earth. In the, uh, the Roman days, the cleats, the, 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 the feet, they actually had spikes or what we would call cleats and they could run uphill with cleats why could they? Because they had grips. They had, they had something in them that had strength that they could actually not only run down there, but they could run uphill. Do you know that you're someone that you might say, I have a mountain today, but I, I have the feet, my feet are, are shod with the preparation of the gospel of peace today. And if I have to run uphill, I'll run uphill today. The enemy's not going to take out my feet today. You're not walking in shivering. No, you're walking in strength. You're walking in security. You're walking in purpose. My feet, the feet had cleats. They had purpose. The gospel of peace, he says. Preparation of the gospel of peace. You know what that means? It means that you know that your life is not about making money. Your life is not about pleasing yourself. Your life is not about living the American dream, or trying to find the right house, or trying to get your family all settled so that everybody's happy. And then eventually I can retire. And then eventually I can do whatever I want to do. And then I can go to the next, you know, this. That's not what my life. My life is not about fame. My life is not about fortune. My life is about glorifying God, propagating the gospel of Jesus Christ. That's what my life is about. The enemy wants to take those shoes off of my feet. The enemy wants to get me off into some other focus. So I'll have a worthless life. I will not allow anything in my life to take away the purpose of bringing the gospel to people. I said, I will not allow anything in my life to take away the purpose of bringing the gospel to people. You know, we just read this week, and I was asking a couple of people in my family and a couple people around where the Bible says we'll all stand before the, the seat of Christ. Do you know that there's two thrones we're going to stand in front of? One is the great white throne, and that's the throne is your name written in the Lamb's book of life. Are you, are you, either it's written or it's not. Have you made Jesus the Lord of your life? And if your name's in, you're in. And a lot of people just live for that one. But the Bible says we're all going to also stand before a different throne and we're going to stand before the judgment seat of Christ and he's actually going to judge you on your works not your works not this throne this one is not your works this is the work of the cross this is what Jesus did right and that's what we all say yeah it's not about our works (laughs) well this throne isn't but this one's about what did you do what he asked you to do see every single one of us in our mother's womb he called you to something and at the end of the day You're going to stand before Jesus, not with you and your family or you and your buddies or you and your company. You're going to stand before the Lord and he's going to look at you and say, did you do what I asked you to do? But I didn't know. No excuse. (laughs) And you should have. (laughs) That's 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 what we know. Our lives, preparation of the gospel of peace. Our lives are not about ourselves. Our lives are about moving forward, propagating the gospel of Jesus Christ. Number four is this faith. Notice he says in verse 16, above all say the words above all, above all taking the shield of faith with which you will be able to quench all the fiery darts, like he says above all with which you'll be able to quench all the fiery darts, see the shield covers all of you, in fact if you look at the, at when he says the, the breastplate, the truth and the feet that, and then he goes on and says the helmet, that's everything, that's all of your armor without the shield, so the enemy could basically hit you up without a shield, right, but if you have a shield in front of you, what's the very first thing that the that, that targets are going to hit? It's going to hit your shield. So really, if you, if you quench all the fiery darts of the enemy, the, 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 the fiery darts of the enemy will never hit your armor. They'll always hit your shields. See, your armor is really just a backup for what your shield didn't hit. That's why he says, above all, taking the shield of faith because uh, if you had one if you had one piece of armor to have and you just said you only have one it's not going to be like the belt of truth or like this it's going to be the shield of faith why because the shield of faith at least i can try to get all the fiery darts of the enemy now i better get all of them because i don't have any armor behind it right he's saying above all take the shield of faith with which you'll be able to quench all the fire it's your first line of defense if you keep your shield up it won't hit anything else I said, if you keep your shield of faith up, it won't hit anything else. Your, this shield was a full body shield, the, the, the actual shield. It was portable and it could move around as it was needed. So it's important to know this shield is this. I have, it may guard your salvation. It may guard your righteousness. It may guard your truth, but you move it wherever it wants. The enemy tries to hit you up with salvation. You say this, say it with me. I'm saved in the name of Jesus. By the blood of Jesus. He tries to hit you up with your righteousness. You're no good. You're not pleasing to God. You say, I'm righteous. Because of the blood of Jesus. Right. Right? The truth, right? You move your shield wherever you need your shield. I have faith that I'm saved, faith that I'm righteous, faith in the truth, faith in the gospel, all the fiery darts of the, the wicked one. Notice again, uh, Um, no weapon formed against you, no weapon formed against you, no weapon formed against you, no weapon formed against you will prosper. The enemy has formed weapons against you and I. And he says none of them will prosper and every tongue which rises against you in judgment, God will condemn. Is that what it says? Does it say God will condemn? No, he says what? Who? Who? Lord, would you just come against the enemy? Nope, he won't do it. He's given you weapons. You do it. Right? Somebody has to sit on that for a second. You're saying God won't protect me? Well, of course God will protect you. Of course God's going to protect you. But I'll tell you what. God wants people to grow up and protect themselves. When, when, I, when, I had, when I had little kids and they're roaming around and something happens and I, I want to guard them and protect them. But I'll tell you what, once they've grown up to as tall as me or as big as me, I'm not trying to protect them. Are you guys okay? Are you No, no, no. You give them their own shield and their own armor. You tell them, protect yourself, boy. Protect yourself. You know, the, the Lord wants you to protect yourself with his armor in him. No weapon formed against you. And you shall condemn. How do I condemn? You say this. Those words that have been spoken against me in the name of Jesus, I cast them down. Every word that's been spoken against. You may have a rebellious son. I'm just using that as an example. You may have a rebellious son and you say in the name of Jesus, all of those, that rebellion that's come against my son, I cast down every spirit that's tried to attack him. I cast down words that have been spoken to him, words that have been said he's a loser, he's a rebel, he's not going to go in the ways of the Lord. Even if they've come out of my mouth, I attack them right now and I pull them down in the spirit, in Jesus' name. What do I do? I condemn the words. Words have been spoken against you. You're a loser. You can't do it. You're not good enough. You don't have what it takes. You know what you do? You cast down those arguments. You cast down those things. You say, in the name of Jesus, every word that's been spoken, in fact, say it right now, in the name of Jesus, every word that's been spoken against me and the calling of God on my life, I pull it down in Jesus' name. I condemn it in Jesus' name. That's what you do. Someone speaks something against you, don't cuss them out. Don't cuss them back. But do get on your own and curse those words. They say, it'll never change. You have to, mm, 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 mm. I'm just going to bite my lip on that one. It'll never change. It's going to change. You get off on your own and say, those words that said it'll never change, I curse it. I cast it down in Jesus' name. That's how you fight. You shall condemn. That's the above all taking the shield of faith. And then he says the helmet of salvation, number five, the helmet of salvation, the helmet of salvation. What does that mean? It means I think saved thoughts. Come on, say it. I think saved thoughts. Stop speaking that. I'm gonna take them out. I'm gonna tell them off. Boy, if I weren't a Christian, I would don't quit saying that mess. You are a Christian. I wish I could just cut them off. They cut me off. I wish I could just, you know, did you hear what they said? I'm telling you, I just if I could just, I just want to you start saying all that mess. Stop saying that mess. No, you just say, come on, say it. I think saved thoughts. Say, I have the mind of Christ. Why? Because the enemy will use all that mess and all the joking around and all those words to get to you. My mind is covered and protected. I think the way God wants me to think. 1 Corinthians 2.16 says that we have the mind of Christ. And then number six, the word of God. Say the word of God. He says, and the sword of the spirit, which is the word of God. I've, heard, I've seen some people take their Bibles and they've been like, that's right. I'm gonna take the Bible They do a Zorro. I'm going to take. You know what? Your holy Bible, printed Bible, is not going to knock out the devil. I'll tell you what it is. It's when you take the words that are in the Bible and get them out of your mouth. Why? You have authority. And when you get the words of God into the words of you out of your mouth, what happens? Well, the sword of the Spirit is the only offensive weapon. All of the rest are defensive. Notice standing and all of those other things, it's a defensive game with the enemy. But the word of God is your only offensive weapon. And notice it's not shout at the devil. Notice it's not this at the devil and that at the devil. No, it's you, you speak the word of God. Say the word of God, <laughs> not the word of you. The word of God. Well, I don't know why I'm, I'm saying the words against him. Are you saying God's words? Find out what God says about it and say the word. When Jesus was tempted by the devil, all three times, what did he start with? It is, come on, say it. It is written. If Jesus needed to say, Jesus who is the word of God needed to use the word of God and what was written in the word of God to defeat the devil, do you think you and I, if Jesus who is the word of God needed to use the word of God, it is written to defeat the devil, do you think you and I need to use the word of God, and the sword of the spirit, the only offensive weapon, the sword of the spirit, it's God's word in your mouth, in fact, in the book of Revelation, it says that Jesus, his name is called the word of God, and out of his mouth is a sharpened sword, a two-edged sword, out of his mouth, if you look at a picture, out of his mouth, there was a sword, Jesus said to Satan, it is written, God's word in your mouth is nuclear. God's word in your mouth is nuclear in the realm of the spirit. You carry authority. Again, it's not dancing out the devil, cussing out the devil, shouting out the devil, screaming out the devil. It's not staying up worrying. No, it's speaking the word of God to the devil. That's the way to back off the devil. And after Jesus did it three times, the Bible says, and Satan left him for a, a more opportune time he's like it's, it's not really a good time to tempt Jesus because he's speaking the word of God if you want to back off the enemy start speaking the word of God he'll eventually say Stephanie it's not a good time to tempt you it's not really a good time to come against you yeah yeah it's not real Jim it's not really a good time to tempt you it's not really a good time yeah the word of God not your words 2 Corinthians chapter 10, verse 5. Just write write this down. I'm almost done. 2 Corinthians chapter 10, verse 4. It says this for the weapons of our warfare are not carnal, but mighty in God for Th- this is a, a main scripture that I want you to know this. You should memorize this scripture. The weapons of our warfare are not carnal, but mighty in God for say this, pulling down strongholds. What are strongholds? They're things that have built up. A strength in your life that continue to hammer you. They continue to take authority in your life. They continue to take a uh, ground and hold in your life. They're strongholds, pulling down strongholds, casting down arguments and every high thing that exalts itself against the knowledge of God, bringing every thought into captivity to the obedience of Christ. We do this through words. We don't fight spiritual things Through anything but words. It's words. Your words can give place to Satan or your words can give place to God. If you'll speak things that Satan puts in your head and in your mind, it's as if Satan were embodied in the human being speaking words with authority on earth. Remember, Satan does not have authority on this earth unless you give it to him, unless you speak the words through your mouth. So it's important to get God's words into our mouths concerning the situation. The number one thing, whatever you're battling or whatever you're facing, I'll tell you, what I would encourage you to do is go to the Word of God and find out everything that God's Word says about that situation. Is it healing? Is it direction? Is it money situations? Is it bondage? What situation is it? Is it, is it, uh, is it uh, thoughts of discouragement? Is it depression? Is it loneliness? What areas is it you're calling in life? Is it a lack of confidence in life? Is it a fear of something, a phobia Find out everything the word of God says about that and start speaking it out of your mouth. Start speaking it out of your mouth. The, you know, the doctor can come and, and throw your prescription and say, take it three times a day. I'd say, take the scriptures three times a day. The Bible says the word of God is like medicine. Take it three times a day. Just begin to say it out of your mouth three times a day. Say it out of your mouth over and over from the time you wake up to the time you go to bed. Joshua one eight says, this book of the law shall not depart from your mouth, but you'll meditate in it day and night that you may observe to do according to all that's written in it. For then you will make your way prosperous and then you will have good success. Who's going to make your way prosperous and make it successful? You are, not God. You are when you take his word. Psalm 1 says, but his delight, or Psalm 1 says, but his delight is in the law of the Lord, and in his law he meditates day and night. He'll be like a tree planted by the rivers of water that brings forth its fruit and its season, whose leaf also shall not wither. And whatever he does shall prosper. Whatever who does, the person who meditates the word of God, day and night, says the word of God, day and night. I'm telling you, the word of God should be coming out of your mouth. If you're battling the devil, stop talking your own words. Start talking what God says start saying the word of God says this the word of God says that and a thought comes to you like you no good son of a gun you know whatever it is you just say in the name of Jesus I'm the righteousness of God in Christ for me he made him who knew no sin to be sin for me that I might become the righteousness of God in Christ and you said Lord as far as the son, the the my, the 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 east is from the west as far as he separated sin from me in Jesus' name, and their righteousness is from the Lord, says the Lord. I'm righteous. You begin to quote all your scriptures on righteousness, and I'm telling you, he'll be quiet for a while, and then he'll speak up again. Eventually, what'll happen? He'll stop coming to you, because he realized it ain't working, because you're not giving him any place. Through words, whatever Jesus said you bind on earth will be bound in heaven. Whatever you loose on earth will be loosed in heaven. Notice your words carry authority not only on earth but in the heavenly realms. Your words carry authority not over only, over only your, own, your own body and your own family and your own household. They carry authority in the heavenly realm. Your words. And then this last one he says praying always. Say the words praying always. Always. And I'm just going to give you a seventh. I said there's six, but I'm going to give you a seventh. And that's this, continual prayer. Notice I didn't say prayer. I didn't say prayer. I didn't say here's a weapon, prayer. No, I said continual prayer. Somebody say continual prayer. Continual prayer. Praying always with all prayer and supplications. Notice in the spirit, praying in the spirit. If you have a, if you've been baptized in the Holy Spirit and you have a heavenly language, pray in the spirit. Pray in the spirit. Every single day I pray in the spirit. I try to pray in the spirit an hour every single day. Pray in the spirit. Pray in the spirit. Pray in the spirit. Why? Because the enemy doesn't know what you're saying. Pray in the spirit. Building yourselves up on your most holy faith. Pray in the spirit. Being watchful to the sin with all perseverance and supplication for the same. Praying always. It's part of standing against the enemy. He goes on, and I'm not going to go into it right now because I'm finished, but he says with all kinds of prayer. You know what he means? He means that there's different kinds of prayer that are out there. Prayer isn't just prayer. Just like communications isn't just communication. But there may be worship. There may be praise. There may be dedication. There's consecration. There's binding. There's loosing. There's intercession. And he's saying praying always with all kinds of prayer. Make sure that you're always in communication with God. Make sure that you're always worshiping, loving, surrendering, interceding, spiritual language. Make sure that you're always in a constant state. And I'm telling you, if you're in a constant state of prayer, you'll be in a constant state of victory in your life. Why? Thanks be to God who gives us the victory through our Lord Jesus Christ. In Jesus' name. Hey, I want us to do this before we leave today. I want us to, to quote this. We're just all we're gonna do is we're just gonna confess this one scripture and say it over your own lives. Would you say this today? Come on, over your own lives before we go today. I want you to say, I'm strong in the Lord. Come on, we're just taking the word of God. Say it over your own life. Say, I'm strong in the Lord, and I'm strong in the power of his might. Now listen to me, church. Those who've been saying I'm weak, I'm weak, stop saying that. Let the weak say, I'm strong. I'm weak, I'm weak stop saying that say this I'm strong in the Lord and in the power of his might say this I put on the whole armor of God and I stand against all the traps of the enemy say it again I stand against all the traps of the enemy the enemy can't get through the armor of God because I have the whole armor of God on say I don't wrestle against flesh and blood I don't wrestle against people I don't wrestle against family. I don't wrestle against coworkers or neighbors, but I wrestle against spirits. So I put on the whole armor of God and I stand against the enemy. Saying, having done all to stand, I stand. In fact, somebody just stand to your feet right now. Just say, I stand. Come on, just stomp your feet for a minute. Say, I stand against the power of the enemy. I stand against the power of the enemy right now. For some of you, this is life and death. This is life and death. Say, I stand against the power of the enemy. Say, I gird my waist with truth right now. Come on, just put it on. Say, I put truth on my life. Say, I, I let go of lying. I let go of exaggerating. I let go of stretching the truth. And I say, I tell the truth. And I hold on to the truth of the word of God in my life. The enemy is not going to get through me. get Or get to me through deception. In the name of Jesus. And say this, I put on the breastplate of righteousness. Come on, just put it over yourself right now. Say, I'm the righteousness of God in Christ. I'm a new creation in Christ Jesus. Say, all things have passed away. All things have become new. Sin has passed away. Lust has passed away. Greed has passed away. Pride has passed away. Bondages have passed away. In Jesus' name, all things have become new. Say, there's therefore now no condemnation to those who are in Christ Jesus. In Jesus name come on just say on my feet is the preparation of the gospel of peace say I have purpose with my steps my life is to bring the gospel my life is to be salt and light to this earth and in Jesus name I walk in peace I walk with purpose I walk with clarity I walk with direction my life is not to make me happy or to make me more prosperous my life is to advance the kingdom of God so I have peace in my steps in Jesus name come on say over my head I have the helmet of salvation I don't doubt my salvation I think there's someone who's been doubting their salvation doubting whether you're gonna go to heaven or not say it I don't doubt my salvation say I doubt I I think safe thoughts I have the mind of Christ (laughs) I don't allow thoughts to come into my mind that are not thoughts from the Lord. But I renew my mind with the word of God in Jesus' name. Come on, take that shield right now. It's just in front of you. Say, I take the shield of faith. Just envision that. Say, I take the shield of faith and say, any lie of the enemy cannot come past this shield. I have the shield of faith in Jesus' name. I'm saved by faith I'm righteous by faith I have the truth by faith I walk by faith and not by sight say this I, I put the word of God in my mouth come on just say it I put the word of God in my mouth and as a sword I defeat every enemy all of the lies of the enemy No weapon formed against me will prosper. Somebody just say it over your own life today. No weapon formed against me. Say it over your family. No weapon formed against me. Say it over your job, over your business, over your neighborhood, over your school. No weapon formed against me will prosper. No weapon formed against me will prosper. Every tongue that rises against me in judgment, I condemn. This is the heritage of the servants of the Lord. Say, this is my heritage. This is what God's given me. I didn't earn it. I was born into it. I didn't earn righteousness. I was born into righteousness. In Jesus' name. That's my heritage. And the enemy can't take it away from me. In Jesus' name. And I thank you for it today. Thank you for it today. Thank you for it today. And Lord, I speak over any adversarial lie of the enemy. Any scheme, any plot right now. Come on, if there's something in your own life that you know, just speak out against it. Right now... I speak against the lies of marriages uh, that would want to come against marriages right now. The lies against singleness, that they're not complete, that they're all alone and they'll always be that way. I speak against the lies of sin, that it'll always be that way, that they'll always be in bondage. Church, let's speak it out right now. And we speak out that we have victory in Jesus right now. We're whole people in Christ Jesus right now. We're the head. We're not the tail. We're above only. We're not beneath. We will not be defeated by the lies and the plans and the plots of the enemy another day in our lives in the name of Jesus. And we thank you for it, Lord. Well, I hope you enjoyed the podcast today. And if you did, I'd like to ask you to subscribe to our show. That way, the most recent episode will always be in your feed, ready when you are. God bless you, and I'll see you next time on the Memphis Tabernacle Podcast.